Are we live? Of course we're live. People deluded. I'm back again. Thank you very much for joining me each and every time. First things first, good morning for, for those of you like myself within the United Kingdom. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and of course, good night. Appreciate all the Twitch gang that's locked in with me bright and early. Please make sure you're subscribing, particularly if you have Amazon Prime to support the channel. Obviously, appreciative to everyone who's following and subscribing on Twitch, also on YouTube. As you see below, we will be live on YouTube at 11.30 a.m. We're more in-depth focusing on Arsenal's Leicester versus, well, Leicester versus Arsenal's clash tomorrow at 12.30. So throughout the course of this live stream, any questions, talking points and whatnot, shoot them across. Um, you know, a couple bits and pieces, ones and twos to go through. We'll obviously preview the Premier League action and then yeah, I'll leave you on your way and I'll go to prepare for my 11.30 stream over there on YouTube. But I hope everyone's well and safe. Halimi, Ak, you get me? I hope you're all doing well and safe. How am I? Again, first things first, I'm breathing. I can't really complain in that regards. Not many people, as sad as it is, a lot of, you know, I'm, I, I assume, you know, a lot of babies were born and their lives are just starting. But a lot of people, prematurely or not, a lot of people's life is ended. So first things first, from I'm waking up with, you know, air in my lungs, I'm able to walk. I'm able to do basic necessities by myself. I can't take nothing for granted. And it's always an opportunity to move that much closer to my goals, hopes, dreams and aspirations and better my life. And that's what I've been trying to do this week. You lot follow me and I follow you lot. We're part of the DG community. So I, I guess you lot are of the same sort of thing. So, yeah, man, I hope everyone's well and safe. I'm Kushti, my guy, man. So, yeah, you know, pressure is a privilege. Long day as it always is, you know. Don't know when I'm going to get to ease up because what? Mad thing this week. Today we're, we're previewing content. Tomorrow Arsenal's kicking off. Sunday you, you're not going to want to go through the game and whatnot. Monday I don't. Some, it feels like I've got something to do. Tuesday, Wednesday we're back on. We're back on it with Champions League watch-alongs and these sort of things. So yeah, man. I hope everyone's doing well and safe. I hope everyone's in good spirits. I hope everyone's had a good week. As I said, then I appreciate you for asking, my dude. Fuck's sake, man. Sorry, people. This guy's pissing me off. In fact, I could do anything. What? What time? Okay, I hate people that fuck about. Sorry, people, again. And as usual, welcome back to another edition of the DG Podcast, the Deluded Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast, where obviously it's uploaded across the many platforms. Shout out to people listening and supporting, and make sure you're following on Apple and Spotify and YouTube and things. But love to the people who catch it live and direct where Twitch is concerned, people. Um, so yeah, man. Monday FM twenty two. I don't know. That could might, might even be Sunday, my guy. Obviously, I don't know where you is, but we had a a mad three hour stream yesterday. Obviously, shout to Fabrizio Romano. He raided the channel and things like that. Shone a bit of light on the thing. Um, yeah, what we beat Liverpool in the cup. We beat Man City. We we're still on a bit of an unbeaten run. Things are going well. You know who knows, man. That's something. Actually, I've cut up that live stream into three separate episodes because I thought, let me be cheeky, slap that on YouTube. That that can kind of cover me. That's an hour long. You know, I don't really, I don't mind it, but I thought, let me be a bit considerate. It's a bit mad, just a three-hour live stream, just moving mad. So I thought, let me break it down, you know, remix the content. I call it, I call, I should put that as a, in a paragraph of my book that hasn't been released. That is 10 years, 20 years away. I call it making banana fritters, you know, obviously. And the bananas, it, you know, the content being watched already, if we say it's stale or it's going out, you know, 
rather than dash away, rather than dash them bananas away, make some fritters in it. And that's what it is by chopping and changing the content. And like Nightbot has said, make sure you're you're subscribed with Amazon Prime for at no extra cost. It supports the channel. And obviously to stay up to date, make sure you're supporting the thing across Twitter, deluded Guna04 and everything, man. Instagram, Twitter, all of that good stuff. But let's crack on with a couple ones and twos and things and bits and pieces to talk about now. First things first for me, people. We've got to go, kind of go over one ones and twos of these sort of things. It's it's Joey Barton. Now, when I say that name to you, you know nothing good comes out of his mouth. You know, for such an average average player, I don't know how you know a lot of uh, you know the way he talks. You know, the, the the cheek to call Neymar a YouTube baller. You know, the cheek to comment on some of the things he comments in and things like that. Um, it is what it is, but yeah, he's caught he's caught himself in 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 hot water. I mean, you know, this guy's rap sheet is extremely long. You know, racism, all sorts of stuff is on this guy's rap sheet. And you know, again, you would think there's certain analogies, there's certain examples, there's certain historical events that you should stay away from. You get me? Look, sick face, and that there's certain things you should stay away from. The very fact that you're Bristol Bristol Rovers manager and you're still getting, you know, you're still popping up in football despite the nonsense. It says a lot about the country. It says a lot. It says a lot about this country. It rewards mediocre talent. It rewards, you know, it, it football's the perfect place. You know, you look at a lot of people who who are racist and move mad, and they get, you know, they might be at a professional club. They all they do is go into the lower leagues because they're still there. You know, one Arsenal ex goalie, goalkeeping coach, or whatever was in hot water. You know, he's still on the non-league circuit. You know, this football is the only aspect of life which protects the madness going on. And we've seen it during the Euros. We see it with the comments. We see a lot of things, people. And we're not going to change. We're not going to get anywhere, people. It is well, it is. Unfortunately, it's a sad part of life. But, um, yeah, where Bristol Rovers manager Joey Barton is concerned, he has apologised for comparing his size performance against Newport County on Saturday to the Holocaust now Again, common sense. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be saying that, anyways. No, losing a football match or whatever can be related to slavery, to Holocaust, to whatever sort of sad historical event where people lost their lives and they were treated badly. You would think, as just a, forget as a manager, forget PR being a thing, forget being a public in the public eye, just being a decent human being. Unfortunately, Joey Barton proves himself, you know, in more often ways than not that he's anything less than that. Now, let's, you know, I'm sure he's a good what he's a good husband. I'm sure he's a good father. I'm sure he's a good son to some people. But to me, he's an utter scumbag, absolute piece of shit, you know, proper pussy, really and truly. And like my man is saying, bro, he's, he's just a bastard, really and truly. Um, he said clearly no offense was meant, but some people have rightly pointed out to me the use of the analogy was not correct. What do you mean no offense was meant? If I come here and I say you effing black this or, or or whatever, you know, I might not have meant any offense. Like you're such a this and that. You know, you've got to be careful with the comments you're using. What do you mean no offense? If you use slavery or if you used, I don't know, domestic violence, like I'm sure David Hay got caught in, you know, David Hay, I remember David Hay catching heat and deservedly so. He compared a one-sided fight to rape or something, you know. There's certain things you just stay away from, you know, there's no comparison to these things, you know, you would think to stay away from this, whether it's slavery, whether it's the Holocaust, you know, does a, does a light bulb not go off in your head and say, maybe I should stay away from that. Clearly no offense was made, you know, that's PTSD for someone, that's trauma for someone, you know. You might have made a joke about, I don't know how certain individuals are treated in America with the police system, stay away from saying stupid shit. What's wrong with you? He, you know, and it just comes across as a bit condescending with this apology. Clearly, how does anyone know no offense was met? Yeah, he was probably not trying to, you know, be, you know, get at, be anti-Semitic or whatever, but he was. It's as simple as that. 
He went on to say, the FA wrote to me this week to remind us of our language and communications. And the last thing you want to do is cause or upset anyone. I mean, come on now. He went on to say sorry and things like that. But quite frankly, I don't really give a crap about what Joe Bart Joey Barton has to say. You know, he's someone that deserves to get punched. I love to date myself. Fake tough, man. You're actually a pussy or you know that. But anyways, let's move on from any of that. As you know, Barcelona look like they'll be appointing um, Xavi as their manager. That seems to be in the works. And the latest is next Thursday. That one day will be will be confirmed. Um, you know, they've announced that, you know, interim manager in the meantime, following the sacking of Ronald Koeman, will be Sergi Bojan. You know, as a player, he won three titles with them. I'm sure in the short period he's at that club, you'll probably see Barcelona look more like Barcelona than Ronald Koeman ever did, people. So, yeah, um, he'll be in charge of the game on, on Saturday against Alvarez and two more games after that, I believe. Um, in fact, now I'm captain because they said Javi's taking on, on Thursday. So yeah, I don't know where I got the free games from, but yeah, man, Barcelona are in a are in a are in a serious maze, and it is what it is. You lot feel the same way I do about about Joey Barton, extremely average player, man, like fake tough man. And when the RB told him to told him to throw up, you know, he curled up into a ball. Away from that, though, as well, people, obviously, you know, it's it's quite sad. But if you lot remember, sadly, when Emiliano Salah was about to join Cardiff and obviously the plane crashed and that, apparently the fatal flight organiser, David Henderson, has been convicted. Apparently, the organiser of the flight in which footballer Emiliano Salah died has been found guilty of endangering the safety of an aircraft. Apparently, you know, um, David Henderson, 67, of Holfen... East Riding of Yorkshire was found guilty after a trial at Cardiff Crown Court. He had also previously admitted trying to arrange a flight for a passenger without permission or authorization. Allegedly, it took the jury seven and a half hours to convict Henderson by a majority verdict. He'll be sentenced on the 12th of November, so he's not been remanded in custody. Apparently, lawyers speaking on behalf of Salah's family said Henderson's convictions were welcome, but his actions were only one piece of the puzzle of how the plane came to crash people. Um, and as you know, it's quite sad because obviously the story is focused around Emiliano Salah, but we need to remember, you know, um, you know, Mr. Mr. David Ibotson, um, 59 years of age, his body was never recovered. So there's an element of, of closure that his family can't get by laying his body to rest, having a funeral and all of these sort of things, which is, which is quite, it's quite sad. If you don't know, obviously, sadly, you know, Mr. Mr. Ibbotson and Salah lost their lives as the, the, the plane or the aircraft that they were on plunged into the English Channel on a flight between Cardiff and Nantes in January 2019. That was set up by Henderson with football agent William Willie Mackay. Apparently, the footballer obviously involved. It was a potential £15 million move. So what should be, as you know, what should be a very exciting time, moving clubs, starting a new job in a new country, you know, robbed of it really, really and truly. Apparently, Henderson had asked Mr. Ibbotson to fly the plane as he was away on holiday with his wife in Paris. Just moments after finding out the plane had gone, Henderson texted a number of people telling him to stay silent, warning it would be an, it would open a can of worms, the jury was told. The father of three and former RAF officer admitted in court he had feared an investigation into his business dealings. Um, apparently, the prosecution QC said he had he had acted reg reckless or um, and or negligent in the way he operated the plane by putting his business above the safety of his passengers. And as someone put it, incompetent, undocumented, and dishonest. So very unfortunate, very quite just just absolutely appalling, really and truly. And ultimately, just just fucking sad, really. You know, it's very it's very sad. 
very sad. And unfortunately, on 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 that, you know, that's that's where we have to. That's where we probably have to go with it, man. But yeah, very sad way. Just as we was talking at the start of this about, you know, we've got our life and all of these sort of things. So it's quite sad. Um, they definitely set him up because the plane pilot wasn't discovered in the crash. I don't know about none of that. I don't want to speculate, you know. But would it surprise me if that's if that's what you're getting at? Away from all of that, though, apparently West Ham potentially might have, a, um, you know, someone wants to buy into West Ham, and Crystal Palace have actually opened a new academy for what is for what it's worth, people. So let's take a delve into that. Let me find my tabs. Do 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 do. And now, come on, don't embarrass me. We prepare for this every day before we go live. We're gonna have to type that in. West Ham buyer. what's going on there West Ham owner is what I should have typed in really I was reading the article just before I came online um oh I've actually got it up here mad I had it already this way shouldn't crumble but um let's see what this is saying people please make sure you're following and subscribing apparently where West Ham are concerned Czech billionaire Daniel Kretinsky in talks to buy stake David Solomon and David Gold would welcome investment Kretinsky is Slavia Prague co-owner and has a Sainsbury stake. So again, I'm pretty sure immediately just seeing back that he's Slavia Prague owner. I'm sure West Ham and him have crossed have crossed paths before. Obviously, they're welcoming welcoming investment at a time where West Ham seem to be doing quite well off the basis of last season and where and where they currently are at this moment in time, people. Allegedly, Daniel Kretinsky is in talks with West Ham over a deal to buy a minority stake. The co-owners would welcome looking for investment for um, looking for investment for the club and have been for some years, but have turned down offers to sell outright. Apparently, discussions with Kretinsky have taken place over the past 12 months, and it is understood that the 46-year-old could buy a large shareholding believed to be about 27%. Sources have played down suggestions that the deal would automatically lead to Kretinsky buying out um, Sullivan and Gold. Um, he's known as the as the Czech Sphinx, um, the Czech Sphinx, I think, for his inco incompetent business manner, and is the co-owner of and co-owner and president of Sparta Prague. So I said Slavia, apologies. He's a qualified lawyer. He has a number of other investments, including stakes in the Royal Mail, Sainsbury's, and Francis Lamoda newspaper. As you know, across the past 12 months, West Ham have rejected two bids from PIA Capital, which is a private equity firm headed by Nasri Pirev, and has turned down offers from a US consortium. So, yeah, man, you know, it is what it is. And I'm sure West Ham will welcome investment where, you know, the last financial year ending in May 2020, um, they, they posted a, a significant loss of 65 million due to COVID and whatnot. And considering, you know, they've just knocked out Manchester City at the Carp, they, you know, they sit fourth in the Premier League and look to be doing what they can there, still in Europa League. It seems like the good times are, are, are continuing where West Ham are concerned, people. So that that's that's well deserved. Um, I just see a comment about Brendan, Brendan Rodgers. That's a Mazza. Brendan Rodgers to Man United. Boy, that could be a good one. Love to love to Halimi for plugging that one. Um, Brendan Rodgers is a potential replacement for Solskjaer as Manchester United manager. He has impressed senior figures at United with his work at Leicester. And I mean, first things first, the first thing is you'd expect Brendan Rodgers' name to be there. I'm sure where Manchester United are concerned, you know, again, regardless of if Oli goes on to win the next two or three games and gets a bit of pressure off his back, it's going to happen, you know. I think even United, as they should, they should be on a part of my language, a fuckery thing. Like, even if it turns around and, you know, if we look at it on a lazy view, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had a season like last year, we're on the face of it. 
you got to a European final and you got to the champion, um, man said Champions League, you got to a Europa League final, apologies, and you obviously finished second in the league. Now, that was probably a false position with Man United, you know, but at the same time, it's not. They they did what they needed to do when other people messed up and the table don't lie. I think even if Oli went on to do that, it's a thing where United got to clip him. It is what it is. You're just delaying the inevitable. I know there's reports sitting and coming out, how Ronaldo's telling man not to down tools and things, and I expect that. And Ronaldo's not wrong if that is true. You shouldn't down tools. You should always want to play well and them thing there but it sounds a bit like Ronaldo PR but away from that you know he needs to go See, you know clearly there's differences at boardroom level people wanted him out whether it's Sir Alex Ferguson or whatever certain man wanted him to stay one of the sides has to give the players I'm sure there's players that are more fond of Oli than not but you know they all know he's gone for you know you look at I don't know the Lingards the Van der Beeks potentially Bailly all these guys that are on the peripheral things you're probably just biding your time Henderson even, you you probably get opportunities to impress under a new gaffer, you know. People know that it's a myth. The existing players that, that play under him probably worrying because they know some of them won't play. Um, So it's probably a myth. But it wouldn't surprise me where, you know, Man United are concerned, you know. Again, I personally think Brendan Rodgers has learned his lessons from when he was at Liverpool and, you know, the stuff with Raheem Sterling, the way he dealt with bigger players, the way he did things at a big club. I don't think, you know, Liverpool were not in the greatest of health as a club as they are now or in better health to be fair. But I think he's learned his lessons crucially. Obviously, he's done the hard yards. He's been at Celtic and he's shown he will leave. You know, it didn't look like there was a reason to leave Celtic at a point under him. He went to Leicester straight away because of clearly that the project was. So, yeah, you know, when you when I think of Brendan Rodgers, I think of a very good coach. I think of a very good coach when it comes to young footballers as well, because I always think of his time at Reading and obviously within Chelsea's academy. Now, he's built upon them platforms and obviously did well at Swansea, obviously doing his thing at Leicester right now, flying high, you know, what they had two back-to-back -back finishes. And obviously, you know, they've won an FA Cup under him as well. So you can't say it's been anything but a success. If I, if I scrutinise it a bit, I think he's bottled Champions League. But apart from that, he's clearly over performed he's clearly shown he can work within a dna he's clearly shown he can find a system and these are all the things manchester united want so it, uh, and, and actually forget want need like he's just a basic competent manager at this point is what united needs so it wouldn't surprise me if brendan rogers is there now again with respect to man united i don't know about anyone but i'm sure everyone that remembers football is purity you know, regardless, if Man United is one of them clubs, I'm not going to cap if it, regardless, you know, if it if they call you, you listen. And I think Brendan Rodgers would. Where it becomes a bit techie is, you know, is it the right time to leave Leicester? Is it right to leave, you know, to leave and join a club mid-season? Yeah, he will get time and the same luxuries that are afforded to a manager. You know, he needs time. This guy is in his squad. That guy is in his squad and all of these sort of things. But, um... Is it right to leave it mid-season? Because you hear Conte's on joining United, but at the same time, he's on waiting until the summer, really, really and truly. You know, again, that's probably one, that's probably something. I think if the offer's made in a well enough way, I don't think Rogers refuses it, but you have to really value stability. And one thing at United, yeah, United has the has the gloss factor and all them things over Leicester. You know, again, there's a golfing glass in that regards. But what Leicester does have is stability and singing from the same hymn sheet and peace. And it looks like he's free to do his job. You know, as you know, at a bigger club, there's all different other avenues and things to consider and all other things to talk about. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Brendan Rodgers' name to go with, you know, what probably a Graham Potter you know, and all of these sort of things and Conte and all these names, it would be. They're probably talking to all these guys' advisors and seeing who's on it, what's the feasibility, you know. All, all, all Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can do at Man United is delay the inevitable. Again, you know, there'll be a little bit of pressure off his back going into the Atalanta game if they beat Spurs. But again, 
who knows what's going to happen there. So, yeah, man, it wouldn't surprise me that they're interested in 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 in, in Brendan Rodgers. So it's quite crazy, man. And he should have impressed with senior figures. And see the thing with Leicester, yeah? I've always think about it. When's the right time? I think about it a lot with Klopp as well. When's the right time to leave? Because I look at when Arsenal's dynasty was falling and Omri was kind of the last one. You don't want to be the last one leaving the rave. You don't want to leave a rave when the lights going on, lights turning on, people saying, can you usher out, you know? For the gallum out there and the mandem out there, people you might have been chatting up, lights turned on, you think, what am I doing? You know, I'm not licked anymore. These 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 people are clapped, you know. No one wants to be that. And I think a lot about that with the football situation. You look at Leicester, you know, there will be a time where they need to rebuild. Telemans doesn't seem hell-bent on signing a new deal. I know Patson Dakar does his thing and you've got Kelechi in actual, but Vardy's winding down, you know. Certain man, I know Evans ain't going to be there forever. And I know they've got Fufana and all of these things, but... Fufana's even said, I want to play for Madrid one day. So when's that going to end? It's like Klopp, you know. It's getting the, you know, if Salah doesn't sign a new deal, Mane's not getting any younger. A lot of those players are there for the present. Is he going to be there for the rebuild? Because it takes a lot of effort. And he talks a lot, Klopp talks a lot about, about rest period and things. And I always think about when's the right time to leave. So for Rodgers, when is the right time to leave um, Leicester? I don't think it's mid-season, but it, you, ne you never know. You know, you don't want to get left because such is football. But Brendan Rodgers can do whatever he's doing. If Vardy needs replacing, Telemans needs it and he has a shaky season, he's going to get the clip. How many times have we seen that, people? So, yeah, man. I would be surprised if they get Rodgers instead of Conte. Yeah, and to be fair, I do as well because they've probably they've got to pay Leicester probably a handsome compensation package. You know, you've got to probably I don't want to say right off the season because there's always a lot to play for. But it's almost like whatever you do in the cups, it provided they're still in it. Whatever you do in the league is whatever happens in it. And I'm sure there's players that you know United. You know, certain men that are playing all the time that he might say, you know, I can't use you. There's players that are not getting a game time that he would. And, and you have to obviously afford the manager the luxury. What if he says, I don't think he will because Harry Maguire is his guy and that could be a benefit. I don't want to forget the fact that you paid 80 million for Harry Maguire. I don't think he's good enough. What happens then? You know, it's these sort of things that you've got to be prepared to write off. So it could it, it could be an interesting one. Um let me type in Crystal Palace Stadium because apparently Crystal Palace Academy. Apparently, Crystal Palace have announced a new training, a new academy training um, complex thing. I haven't really read it, but yeah, man, let's see, let's see what's going on. Apparently, it it's it's a twenty million redevelopment. And to be fair to you, you know, South London seems to be a a goldmine for young footballers and talent in general. So you know, hopefully, it facilitates them in the best way, and hopefully, we see Zaha's and all of these guys progress through that academy, people. You know, and this will probably help them go from. I know they're not; a, they're definitely not a Cat One Academy, or the, if they did, they just got that recently. I'm sure being a Premier League team, they want to apply for that. They might be Cat Two, so they're in that. So shout out to Crystal Palace, and you saw Gareth Southgate um opening it and things like that. Him Southgate, who came through, you know, technically played for Southampton as a as a kid, but being a Watford man, made the destroys. Well, Watford's not in London, but made the, a journey over to the south, 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 south side. Um, and played come through Crystal Palace Academy before, obviously, Middlesbrough and Villa, if I remember correctly, and the rest of it, people. So, yeah, man, big up to Crystal Palace for doing that one day. So, it is what it is where they're concerned, folks. One love to everybody listening and things like that. The floodgates are open for the richest to invest and pump money into clubs. No regulations in place to safeguard when investors jump out. Portsmouth springs to mind. And Blackburn. I swear Blackburn got, like, some... 
some rich Indian guy or some some rich like some sort of Asian region. Don't you remember they were coming in and there was a big song and dance about how they're primarily just coming here to, to rob the club and whatnot and or something like that. And I think they they owned a chicken farm or they made fried chicken or there was something. I don't I don't know why, but I just remember a lot of chicken references for some weird old reason. But it is what it is. Man said Gareth Southside. He's one of them gentrification duns, man. Them new age peckham youths. Them new bricks to use. Venkies, that's the man there. And obviously you got QPR. Sometimes the money thing, the money ball thing don't always work out, but it can work out. But it all depends what you want to do, man. If you think, these, so a lot of these people think, yo, I'm just going to come into football, splash a bit of cash and it's going to happen. And they ain't got the passion for it. Like you look at the real, real money, man. You look at someone like Roman Abramovich. He's won a lot, but he's also taken mad L's, you know. Whether it's his money or not, bro, someone's got to justify the 30 million of Shevchenko when it didn't bang. Um, you know, someone's got to justify 80 million on Kepa. But he keeps going because he genuinely loves what he's doing, um, Abramovich. He loves the club. He wanted, you know, to take Chelsea from being a small club to a bigger club. And, you know, he's won Champions Leagues and, and all of these things. It's about what you want to do um, and things like that. You know, really and truly. It's one of, it's, 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 it's one of, it's one of them ones there. So it's a very interesting one. Torres won. To be fair, if you didn't, Torres helped them win Champions League. I could be capping. I swear he scored against Barcelona. And and what's his face? Or was in the same game as Ramirez and and you know Gary, um, Gary Gary Neville's absolutely busting in his pants and that live on air and very you know uncomfortable for all of us all of our ears to listen to. Pardon me. Let me see that, man. I'm sure this guy, I'm sure it's Fernando. I might be bugging out, but I'm sure Chris, I'm sure Fernando Torres has a Champions League medal. Yeah, he won Champions League 11 012. I knew he was part of that. I'm sure Ryan Bertrand was there as well. Crespo, boy. To be fair, Crespo, I liked Crespo, boy. He's wavy still. But yeah, it is, it is what it is where that's concerned people. It is what it is. Um, without, you know, we can't, you know, we need to speak about the Premier League. You know, we need to preview the Premier League, folks. So let's do exact. Let's do exactly that. As you know, the PL Premier League is back in that. So yeah, big games this week. You know, Arsenal, Let's uh, you know, again, 11.30, we're going to be focusing more on that, people. So please make sure you guys are over on YouTube. Open up another tab, set your reminders, set your alarms and all those sort of things. Because obviously... And obviously on, when, on on Saturday as well, live from 11.30, I'm going to be doing a watch along Leicester versus Arsenal. You know the thing already, people. Make sure you set your reminders and them things. Links have been dropped. Um, but yeah, man, two big games. Leicester-Arsenal, probably the bigger game because of, you know, definitely not how they're playing. But, you know, you've got Nuno who there's a lot of pressure. You've got Oli where everybody's, you know, everybody's just waiting. You know, it's like you're just waiting to stick that knife further in your inside you. You know, he's he's a dead man walking in, in in a footballing terms. And again, this is the nature of the job. You know, ultimately, if you're not doing your job, it is what it is. But I mean, could you imagine in your job, people, if you if they're scrutiny over your job and then you're you're picking up every newspaper, every article, and people are openly talking, not just criticizing you because you got to take it, but People are talking about your job. Other people who do the similar role to you, they're asking you about would they take it. Certain men are saying it's an honour. They're not. It's got to make you feel some sort of way. And there's no getting away from this. I'm sure he's got family and friends who are probably, you know, saying the same things a lot of fans are doing. So, you know, there's pressure on Oli. A win against Spurs could could actually help him and, and that could propel them for a positive result against Atalanta, where I think it could be techie for them in Italy, if I'm completely honest. Um 
you know, I don't want to see the way United are playing, anyone can move to them, but it looks like they surely have too much for Spurs. It's like Spurs just look mad. Like the midfield is uninspiring. Kane's not hitting it off. Son's not hitting it off. But again, big games change things. You know, I'm sure Spurs have, have wiped the floor a couple of times with United and had a couple of good results and, and whatnot. And I'm sure Nuno, you know, Nuno, Nuno shagged himself in that. If he doesn't get top six, there's no compensation for him. He's going to have to do something. What I would say, you know, in, in Spurs' defence, it's more like Spurs' lacklustre and it's uninspiring. But... You can see some sort of system is just not good enough. You don't really know what Oli's trying to do. The, the strikers might scumbag goals and 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 overcompensate. As I always say, you know, anonymous midfield it just looks disjointed. And when the two that when they as long as McTominay and Fred are starting options add together for Man United, it will never be serious. And you've got an error prone defense. It's not good in it. It's 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 not going to leave you in any with any sort of positive positivity. You know, at least with Nuno, he's got a flat midfield. It's uninspiring when he's going with Hoiberg and Skip. But you can see the angle, you know, obviously having to overcompensate with with Ndombele. So it should be a techie game in that regards. Again, I'm I'm never going to back Spurs, not quite. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of United fans seem to love Spurs as well. You know, maybe because a lot of them seem to live closer to the Spurs ground than, than, than you know, than, than the Old Trafford, where the fake London ones are concerned. I have to do it. It's an easy one to, to attack them with. Um, but yeah, man, that's due to be a techie game. 5.30, it could get long. And you know what? It's almost a six-pointer in a sense, or so three points. There'll still be question marks definitely over Oli and obviously over um, over Nuno, but it would help them a, a grave deal, in my opinion. Arsenal versus Leicester. Again, I'll focus about it on, on, on YouTube, but... Again, it's Arsenal-Leicester. I know Leicester haven't exactly been flying higher, but they seem to be picking up a bit of form. Vardy seems to be fit. As we know, you know, Leicester can kill you on the counter-attack. They can play football. They never stop going. You know, they're one of the teams where Arsenal have failed to play well for 90 minutes. If you switch off and do not focus for 90 minutes against them, then you can forget everything because it's a, it's an absolute myth. We will not get anything required from the game. So it's vital Arsenal play well for 90 minutes. You know, we made a mistake, if I remember correctly, this time last year when we played against them, Xhaka had a calamitous mistake and then we reacted very well. Actually, I would I always say, I think Leicester away was one of the better results of us for us last season. But I do think, you know, Brendan Rodgers, for a large part of that game, had Arteta's number. And I definitely think at home, in when we played them and lost last season, we were all over to them in 45 minutes. Things were changed in the second half by Brendan Rodgers and we were unable to pick up Jamie Vardy, a person that our young defence needs to stand up to be counted against and stuff. You know, you've passed the Kane test, you've passed the Barnes test, you know, got away with it against Brighton. You know, Benteke again, the marking against, you know, the marking we failed to do against Benteke, the goal that we conceded against Villa, you know, the defending against Brighton. You defend like this against Leicester, they will make you pay for it, you know, because Leicester never stopped going. We've seen some crazy games. United versus Leicester from a, a neutral point of view, that was a crazy game. It was somehow gone for Leicester at a point and they turned it around. You look at the Moscow game in Europa League. I was watching that where um, Dakar's moving mad. You look at the Brentford game uh, as well. Um, I don't actually remember who won out of Brentford and, and, and Leicester, so I can actually check for you. But I remember watching that. Yeah, Leicester obviously won. Brentford were on to them. But again, Telemann scored an absolute screamer and Madison bagged. And, you know, Madison's finding his form. He's spoken about the need for confidence and things. This is the game where you get on, you you try and get on a run of, a, a run of form, people. 
really, really and truly. And obviously, Arsenal away, I don't know. I'm never quite confident about us going to Leicester. So you've got Leicester versus Arsenal, Leicester City, that is, versus Arsenal, Spurs, Manchester United, Watford, Southampton, Newcastle, Chelsea, two teams actually linked with Eden Hazard, Manchester City are hosting Crystal Palace, Liverpool host Brighton, you've got Burnley against Brentford. If I had to pick a winner for all of these games, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. I don't necessarily believe that, but positive thinking. Burnley versus Brentford. I have no no love lost for, for Burnley, so I'll always support Brentford. Brentford 2, Burnley nil. I mean, Brighton, you know, I don't want Liverpool to go unbeaten because obviously, obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, but I'm going to say Liverpool 3, Brighton nil. Manchester City versus Palace. I think that might be a closer game, so I'm going to say City 2, Palace 1. Come on, Vieira. Newcastle against Chelsea. I'm going to say Chelsea 2 nil as well. Watford, Southampton. 2-1 Watford, I'd say, for Ranieri, but I think Hassan Hootel's got that. Spurs versus Man United. On one hand, I think the way Man United are playing, they're kind of there for the taking. On the other hand, I think United, I don't, I want to be wary of their too much for, for another team because obviously he ain't got Pogba. The midfield is imbalanced. I think Spurs have a more underwhelming, but more balanced midfield. In fact, both midfielders, midfield's quite poor. On one hand, you think Spurs win it, then you think United. I can't bet four Spurs, so I'm going to say... Come on, Oli, man. Keep your job, man. Let's say 2-0 Man United, man. Let's say 2-0 Man United. On Sunday, you've got Norwich against Leeds. You've got Aston Villa, West Ham. I know Norwich's um, people have been very bullish about they can stay in the league and try to rally the troops. Um, and the way Leeds are moving at this moment in time, you know, they have to think about relegation. So Norwich versus, versus Leeds is due to be an interesting one. So I'd personally say between the two sides, I can't not look at Leeds, you know. I'd expect Leeds to win. I'll go a goal to nil because they look shaky. Aston Villa versus West Ham. I'm going to say West Ham one, Villa nil. I can't look beyond West Ham just in, in the basis of form. Form doesn't win games. On the Monday, you actually have Wolves versus Everton. I'd say Everton 2, Wolves nil in that game. Again, Everton need to bounce back, hit a bit of a wobble, but I'm sure Rafa Benitez already knows this. Obviously, crazy game, to put it nicely, where Watford and, and Everton played last time out. So it's due to be an interesting one, but that's how I'm feeling in relation to the Premier League people. Make sure you're following across all the socials. What else are you lot saying? Nervous for the match tomorrow. Hopefully, we can keep this run going. Let's see, man. Same lineup against Villa. Save it all for 11.30, man. I swear, I swear Fergie is saving Ollie from the boardroom hatch, man. He probably is, man. He probably is. So, yeah, Torres also did bits in the Europa, in the Europa League. I knew I remembered that. Football is ever, ever, ever fast, ever, ever evolving. So, yeah, man. 1-1 one, one Arsenal Leicester, to be fair, I'll take a point, boy. This is the thing with Arsenal fans. Like, we can't win every game. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about things, but we can't win every game. A point against Leicester is a good point. We live to, 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 to fight another day. I'm not saying go out there for a point. I'm just saying if we simply can't win, don't lose. Walk away with something. Like said against Palace, like said against Brighton. If I'm real with you, you know, these were sides that were described as being in form and things like that. And we and we and we choked it really and truly. You know, what Arsenal have been able to do this season is, you know, our best results have come against when you look at it, you know, let's be honest, Spurs are one of the better teams in the Premier League typically because, you know. They, as they have been, or one of the teams expected to do things. That's the biggest praise I'll give them. Villa have been flying high, but and we, Arsenal can't be held accountable if these teams are poor. I, I do think it's a bit, 
it's a bit unfair to Arsenal and I'm guilty of it myself. You know, we'll talk up these teams pre-game, say it's a this thing, it's a that thing. When we win, we'll always overcompensate and focus how poor it is and uh, on the opposition. And I've done that this season to a degree against Villa, against Spurs. I did that last season for Old Trafford against United, uh, Chelsea. But I have to give credit, Arsenal can't be held accountable for any of that. We just need to turn up and do our thing. That being said, I think Arsenal's two best performances, without a doubt, are against Aston Villa and are against uh, Spurs. These are two teams where Spurs couldn't buy a win going into the game, really. And we was like, form goes out the window. Villa had two defeats going into the game. We were able to exploit that and not be the game that these lot turn it around against. And saying that against Benteke, you know, he hasn't scored in seven games until he played us and then and then he got he, he got on the board. So we have kind of struggled against teams that have a, a, a smidge of form and, and, and things like that. So... So it's going to be a very interesting one, really and truly. And when I look at Leicester's last couple of results, as you know, they won on penalties against Brighton. They won two one against Brentford. They do concede cheap goals. They have been, they have had, they've had injuries, but they do have a bit of a leaky defence. Man, when was the last time they kept a clean sheet? I don't know where. What's going on here? Sorry, people, it's moved. I'm trying to find the last time they get to clean sheet. Didn't against Brighton. Didn't against Brentford. Didn't do it in the Europa League. Didn't do it against Man United. Drew two two with Crystal Palace, where Palace deserved to get sat in. Lost to Legia Warsaw. You know, two two in September against Burnley. The last time they kept a clean sheet in all competitions, you'd have to go back to September when they played in the EFL third round um, and beat Millwall two nil. I'm trying to find in the league. Didn't keep one against City. Didn't actually against Napoli. Got bad against Leicester. Oh, Leicester have had a man. You'd have to go back to August for their last clean sheet. You know, they last kept a clean sheet in August. Can you go on? And again, there's been injuries, but can you go out and exploit that? Last kept clean sheet in August in the league. And like I said, they've had injuries and, you know, Fulfana, they've had a bit of a makeshift chopping and changing, but that isn't anything to read. My thing is, Arsenal, go out there, try and score. Go and work the keeper. Um, and things like that. And much, as much as I say they've been turning their form around, I'm probably gassing it a bit because you know they've come from behind twice against Brentford and 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 obviously Man United. So I would say they're comeback kings, bro. These men are comeback. These men are villains. You know, Vardy is a villain. Like I know he don't play for Villa, but he's a villain. In it, he's. I, I love Jamie Vardy. I think. I love him and Mikel Antonio because they play like in a in a nice way. Not to say they're not they're lacking ability. You can see they've played non-league. You can see they've been through the leagues and they've obviously got the quality to play in the Premier League, but they're aggressive with what they're doing. They mean it. They're decisive. It, you know, it's, it's Vardy's a rattler. He's a shithouser. I mean, Vardy's a Premier League legend. You know, Vardy, I think the only better, you know, the only one season wonder that's better than Jamie Vardy is probably Mohamed Salah and Vardy's level with Harry Kane. You know, these were all players that were talked about as such. So, it is what it is. It's going to be an interesting one, really. So I would take a point against Leicester. The form they're playing in, I do think we I'm overselling them a bit, but form goes out the window. They've got a quality manager, quality set of boys. And, you know, form is temporary. Class is, class is firmly permanent, people. So it's going to be an interesting one where that's concerned. So again, Sunday isn't the most glamorous of fixtures, but yeah, man, pardon me. It is what it is in that regards, people. Um, away from all of that, though, um, and if we start to get into some of the transfer news, let me make sure the timestamps are here. You see, I'm very considerate for those of you that listen on YouTube and, and look at the replays and all those sort of things. Find me another content creator reason. Love to the Spotify and, and Apple Music gang listening to this at the time of listening to it as well. Don't think you're ever underestimated. Um, but yeah, getting into the transfer stuff, Eden Hazard, who 
is fit, isn't in the... Carlo Ancelotti's been bigging him up, but I think considering what Real Madrid are trying to do, linked with Rick Karim, Yemi, Pogba on the free, Mbappe, Haaland, Hazard probably has to make way because he's not doing his job. Now, Hazard on his best of days is someone that can play with these guys. And Carlo has said such, but... Yeah, it's looking like his days are numbered. Apparently, Chelsea have been offered the chance to re-sign him, which I think they will take. Um, and obviously, Newcastle have as well. And, you know, to be fair, I know Hazard doesn't exactly score a lot of goals and that's something Chelsea struggle with. He's a talisman. He's a technical footballer. You could never go wrong. And for me, that would probably mean the end of Pulisic, probably maybe Werner. I don't know if Callum Hudson today will get too many opportunities playing off that left, even though Hazard can play on the left, play on the right and play centrally. He's probably best off that left, maybe more comfortable. Apparently, Real Madrid are looking to sell Eden Hazard in January. Both his former club, Chelsea and Newcastle United, have been offered the chance to snap him up when the transfer window swings open, according to ESPN. Apparently, you know, he signed for 89 million, which could have risen to 150 million based on future um, future um, variables. He's made just 52 appearances so far, scoring five goals in all comps to um, for, for Real Madrid. And yeah, he's yet to play in an El Clasico, I think, people. And yeah, it is what it is. For Newcastle, that would undoubtedly be a marquee signing. It'll be something that will unite the fan base further on top of, you know, just having a, you know, having a new... Um, Having a new, having a new owner, and all of those sort of things, people. So it would make sense. Apparently, he's being offered at around forty-two million quid. So again, a significant discount where these two teams are concerned. And again, his wages probably going to get a lot more at Newcastle than he might at Chelsea. Saying that, I do think Newcastle would have to offer him something a lot more attractive. But it's a chance of a new project. You know, Real Madrid was his dream as a kid, so I don't think he's going to give up on that really. Um, but it also depends, people. Apparently, he's earning 400k a week, 400k a week at, at the Bernabeu, and his contract's running until 2024. Would you be in a hurry to give that up if you was Chelsea, considering where Hazard is and his form? Does he deserve to come in and be the highest earner? And like I always say, the knock-on effects. Again, if Newcastle sign him, there's going to be knock-on effects. The next marquee signing or the next one might say, "Hang on, I need this and that," or "I want this" because he's got that. So you've always got to think about these things, people. There's always certain things to consider where that's concerned. Um, away from all of that and looking at just, just general transfer news, people. Um, where's that transfer centre stuff? Apparently, Manchester United lose interest in Conte, people. Um, they've lost, yeah, they've lost interest in, in Conte. Apparently... Inter have confirmed they are looking to sell Christian Eriksen to a team in another country so that the midfielder can continue his career. Apparently, Xavi wants Kingsley Coleman at Barcelona. Liverpool to resolve Salah future before January. Liverpool will concede stalemate in their statement with Mo Salah over the forwards contract demands as they intend to have him tied down before January window. Um, so apparently, they're, they're looking to do things. Although Salah has not indicated desire to leave Anfield, his contact contract demands have left both parties at loggerheads and now the club looked set to fold in order to keep him at the Mer at Merseyside. Fair play. Koulibaly could make Manchester City move, allegedly. Crazy. Insigne apparently is not interested in contractual talks with Napoli. Koulibaly to extend his Juventus contract. Until 2026. Again, we spoke about this on on Twitter on on YouTube yesterday. But Zachariah's interest in Arsenal. Apparently, Van der Beek and Bay seek Man United assurances. Apparently, they're unsettled and seek assurances over their future, as you would want, because you're not playing. But uh, what else have we got here? Slow day. Apparently, Man United lose interest in Conte. Um, you know, 
Apparently, the ex-intern Chelsea boss wants a three-year contract worth 18 million a season. That's more than Man United are willing to pay for the individual. So that's that where he's concerned. If I flick over to this site, and um, we spoke about Hazard. Apparently, Ismail Assar is wanted by Newcastle's new owners, um, as is Osman Dembele and things like that. United will have to pay Ole Gunnar Solskjaer 7.5 million if they want to sack him. Apparently, Manchester City made an approach to sign Lukaku from Inter Milan last last, uh, last year prior to the 28-year-old's move to the Premier League rival, says his agent. Let me click on, on this article and see what his agent is saying. Raheem Sterling still being linked with Arsenal. Lull. Let's see what Lukaku's agent allegedly has said. People, We can't because with the Telegraph, you got to pay to, look, look, to do that. So we can't. Um, Apparently, Tottenham are open to letting midfielder Deli Ali leave in January and he hit a new low. Was he not involved in the squad at Burnley? And seems like quite a fall from grace. And, you know, Nuno was going to use him now. It's not. It's looking a bit It's looking a bit brazy, really, really and really and truly for him. Um, Juventus have joined the race to sign Kareem Adinyemi. Everyone but my club is involved in that. Um, apparently, James Wood-Prowse is a target for Newcastle as well. Talisio will be leaving Bayern Munich on a free, on a free transfer. So that's a that's a bit of a mad one. Finally, people, I've just seen something. Union Berlin hit with partial stadium closure over racist behaviour of fans. Union Berlin have been ordered to close part of their stadium for their next European fixture due to racist behaviour of some of their fans during the Europa Conference League match last month. So again, racism just veer, always veering its head, does it in England, has it, you know, everywhere there's some next racist links, man. So it's never going away. But apparently one fan was pictured, photographed, forming a Nazi salute during the game against Israeli club Maccabi Haifa, um, which is obviously sad. And apparently, you know, I'm not even going to repeat that, but beer was thrown at, 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 at you know, the supporters of, of the Israeli club and insults and I don't want to say certain insults because I can see it already. People will try to clip up my thing and say it's a, it's it's out of that. But yeah, man, I mean, stadium closure is hardly going to help people. Again, it doesn't affect the individuals. And I don't need to tell you lot racism is bad. You lot are decent human beings and got decent souls. But unfortunately, football is one of the last things where people are allowed to rear their ugly head and carry on with their stupidness. So... That's where that's concerned, people. A man said, is it me or does Ali, Deli Ali's attitude stink? I mean, you know what? For me, I'll try to stay away from the attitude thing. I don't think it's... It, you know what? It might do. I don't know. But I don't think it does. I just think he's stagnated. I just think... I've always said it with Deli Ali. I just think the biggest problem that happened for him is he's just being known as a goal scorer. He hasn't looked to complete his game. And that little juice ran out him playing off the left running in behind you need something more to the table it's just a fall from grace but at the end of the day you're a premier league footballer so you need to get back on on it man man arteta said i am focused that i'm happy i'm extremely happy at arsenal and i feel privileged to be here but my only focus is here lol lol lol, lol. bro this guy is ramping man sorry folks And I can stop playing games, man. This guy's always on some bullshit, man. Sorry, folks. Just the day in the life of a content creator, man. 
Ali to Newcastle, bro, it's probably something he needs, isn't it? You need something to kickstart your career. So, honestly, if I was Newcastle, I'd be trying to grab a... I'd ask for Delhi, maybe even see what could be done for Ndombele, see what could be done for Martial, you know, see... Well, Loftus Cheek's getting a look in the team, but him and Barkley, I'll be looking to pick one of them up. In fact, I'm lying to you lot, because the first thing I'll be doing is trying to grab some defenders, because, you know, the priority needs to stay in the league. You, you're not scoring enough goals. You're not keeping enough goals out of out, out, out your net. So, if you're conceding goals, you're not scoring goals. I'm no genius, but I know in football, you need to score more than your opponent. And if you if the ratios aren't matching up, you're going to be in a dangerous territory. You know, Newcastle can have these new owners as much as they want. If you're not in the Premier League, it's air, man. Thoughts on, on West Ham takeover? I've kind of spoken about it already, and I think, Calling it a takeover is a bit extreme. They're just allowing someone to buy in. And, you know, obviously West Ham looks West Ham is a pretty undervalued club. Again, I know in the last this season and last and last year, you know, the owners, no one's really on their back because they're doing bits. But again, prior to that, West Ham fans were taking the piss out of by their owners. And considering the London aspect, the stadium, it is one that's undervalued, really and truly. Yeah, he did. In relation to did Fabrizio Romano raid my stream? Big up to Fabrizio Romano. He did it yesterday. Football manager settings. But yeah, man. Is there anything else to talk about? Let me see the Athletic. If the Athletic have got anything for you lot people. Apparently Martinez is available for Aston Villa West Ham after emergency trip. Unfortunately, people, um, you know, his father was struck and ill and he went to Argentina quickly. But apparently, you know. He's available for the clash with West Ham on Sunday, despite rushing out to Argentina for a family emergency. The goalkeeper flew back to his homeland this week to be with his father, who required surgery in hospital, but he's back in Birmingham and will train today. It's understood Martinez was aware of his father's situation last week and before Villa's 3-2 defeat to, to Arsenal, but he asked to play in the game, then asked for permission to head back. And I mean, this is what footballers don't understand. I know many fans didn't understand Obviously, Arsenal fans wasn't meant to know that. And, you know, as harsh as it is, it is irrelevant to the game. But it makes you realise how much football is a fucking going through, man. Because I do think when, you're, when your head's all over the place, like for me anyways, actually, when it's being on live with you lot and talking to you lot, and again, big up to everyone who supports my content. I'm not just saying it for the sake of it. If you're listening right now, but thank you for supporting my stuff. I appreciate that, whether it's on YouTube, Twitch, all of these things, whatever it is, people, because... It provides an escape, man. It's just like football. Like, for me anyways, like, I don't know how to make it make sense, but a bag of things could be going on in your life, a bag of problems that are going to be there after, you know, are going to be there forever. But you see, when you're playing football for 90 minutes or a little five side, it don't matter. You get a release, you feel free, whether you win, lose or draw. I feel that. And I, and I feel Martinez must have felt that. For that 90 minutes, it's just Aston Villa versus Arsenal. But for the sake, but at the same time, I've also gone through stuff and been playing football. And yes, yeah, an escape, but it's not really an escape. Like I remember one game, like certain things are happening in my life. I'm playing, I'm passing the ball, I'm doing things, but like my my mind isn't here. Like it isn't here. It isn't here. So that could have been there with Martinez. And when you're going through these things that, you know, you're, you know, we it's we're sad, but we always do it. When it's other family members, we think the worst. So you're thinking the worst. You got to get your head in the game. Fans are giving you nonsense. You know, again, they're not to know. You've not saved the penalty. Sometimes these little things, you save the penalty. It's not, these little things are triggers. And when he's put his head down, he feels like a failure. Because that's the first thing when I just read that. I, I just remember the scenes of him getting picked up. So that's fantastic camaraderie from him to just get keep going and be professional, dealing with what he's dealing with. And especially the fact of, you know, my man's on the other... Again, I, my, I don't know if, it's, if, if geography-wise this is true, but my man's on the other side of the world. Argentina's over there. 
my man's here and, you know, somehow England and Argentina, I swear they were beefing over the Falklands and stuff, you know, colonising and that. But, yeah, man, you have to big, have to big up Martin. There's massive, res massive respect for him. And apparently he hasn't trained with Villa this, this week, but he's been working out um, at the Argentine base as well, people. You know, and he's probably used to the travel, really and truly. That's massive, massive, massive respect, really and truly. Massive respect for such man. I have to, I have to applaud the man for doing that one day. Um, but yeah. Um, also, apparently, the PFA calls for football stakeholders to create fund for players with dementia. Obviously, a lot of talk is being done around dementia and obviously heading and whatnot. The PFA is calling for these stakeholders to introduce an industry-wide care fund to support players living with dementia and and such related issues. People. Um, a study showed that ex-professional Scottish footballers born between 1990 and 76 were three and a half times more likely to have um, have to like more likely to have had dementia as a cause of deaf people, which obviously, you know, again, anything that can help people in terms of aftercare for football, whether they're 35 or 75, we're all up for that people and them things there need to happen really and truly. Um so yeah, man, it is what it is where that's it is what it is where that's concerned, people. On that note, though, I'm gonna love and leave you lot. I don't think there is anything else more to say in this podcast. It's been a fantastic listen. I appreciate everybody who's been supporting the thing. Like I said, the good times are not over because again, you know, in what like half an hour, we're stepping over to YouTube where we'll focus a bit more specifically on, on Leicester and Arsenal. Um so yeah, is it is it is well it is where that's concerned people. Um so yeah, one love to every everyone supporting the thing. Let me ask this guy 3 p.m. I should be back on five at five o'clock with Mo. He's telling me he can do earlier. So again, you know how it is with these content things. If I can make it happen earlier, I've you know I've asked him, can he do free? If it can be done at three, we'll be here on Twitch at three, two hours earlier. So it is what it is in that regards, people. Like I said, let me drop the links in the comments for you guys, people. And obviously, one love to the people listening on Spotify and Apple. Again, I appreciate everybody who listens to the Friday edition of the DG podcast slash footy talks on on Twitch. I appreciate everyone who's been supporting the platform. Please, can you continue to do such support the thing, follow the thing and all these all these platforms and whatnot. So, yeah, man, I'm going to be here in a piece, man. It's always a pleasure to be here with you lot but yeah man i'll see you lot in you on youtube in a piece so one love for you lot tuned in first bit of content out the way let me go and actually get something to eat freshen up a bit and then let's go people but on that note it's always a pleasure twitch gang i'm out <laughs>